Hello and welcome to the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, where we share the legacy of women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You'll get to know the faithful women who shaped our past and hear from inspiring women of faith today. I'm Shailen Back. And I'm Carly Guyman. We are your co-hosts. And today we are so excited to welcome Sister Joy Jones, the primary general president to the podcast. Sister Jones, welcome. And thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here. We're so happy to have you. Mm -hmm. We've been looking forward to this. I think I say that every time, but we really are looking forward to all of these (laughs) conversations. And so we're so glad to have you here. Just as a brief introduction, Sister Jones is currently serving as the 13th general president of the primary. And remind us when you were called. It's been almost five years ago. That's amazing. Yes, in April. So in the primary, you serve the church's one million children around the world. And we're just excited to get to know you a little better and these experiences you've had over the past almost five years and talk about your role as the president of the primary and as a general officer in the church. So thank you again for being here. Thank you. In preparation for this interview, Carly reached out to one of your daughters, Ashley. She has a connection with her and asked if there was anything we should be sure to ask you. And it was pretty fun. So we're lucky to have that friendship between (laughs) Mm -hmm. her and Carly. But she responded with a few ideas of things that she said she would love to talk with you about right now. Topics that she discusses often with her friends and, and your other daughters. And one of the questions in particular seemed especially timely and and relevant to where we are now. And she said, how do we not be afraid of the future. And we really loved that. Obviously, a lot of people are feeling that. And so we just wanted to know, Sister Jones, as we enter a new year with new unknowns and also hopefully, you know, a lot of new opportunities, what can we do to replace some of our very real fears with genuine optimism and hope and peace in our current circumstances and for the future? That is such a great question. And I know it's on everyone's minds right Mm -hmm. now. And I feel that when we think about fear, perhaps we need to make an effort to replace it with faith. If we can remember the Savior's words, look unto me in every thought, doubt not, fear not. I love that scripture. I refer to the, I reflect on it constantly. And it gives me strength. It really helps me just to remember who's in charge. Remember mm-hmm. who it is that is guiding us through every step of mortality. And circumstances can seem very frightening when perhaps they really aren't. Um, I know there's an acronym. If you think of fear as false evidence appearing real, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that because I do that. You know, I recognize that I do that in my life. And yet it's so unnecessary when we realize that we have the truth, that we have mm-hmm. a Savior. I often reflect on a talk that Elder Holland gave. And he said something about, I won't get this completely accurate, but uh, he said, one commandment that otherwise faithful members of the church break (laughs) on a consistent basis (laughs) is peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I've thought about that over a number of years, and I recognize that, that it's so easy to fall into fear. It's a natural reaction in this mortal environment that Mm -hmm, we live in, mm -hmm. when in reality, because of what we know, because of who we are, perhaps we should be the ones leading out in faith and recognizing that He is our eternal leader, that we know who to follow, and we know who's guiding us through the stormy seas of life. And we have an opportunity to determine how we'll react. We do. We can choose. 
mm-hmm. how we react to the circumstances that are taking place around us. And we can recognize, too, that prophecy is being fulfilled all around us and what a privilege it is to live in our day and to witness the things that we are witnessing. One other thought. I, I keep mm-hmm. having thoughts on no, that subject. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. How important it is for us to exemplify faith for our children. Our children follow our lead. And so in these stressful times, particularly this past year, this pandemic, I think our children react to either our faith or our fear. Mm -hmm. And what an opportunity it is for us to teach them through our example, to look to God and live, to just continually look to Him, doubt not, fear Mm -hmm. not, and to help each other do that. Mm -hmm. We minister to each other in many, many ways right now in terms of building faith and trying to alleviate fear. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate the scripture that you shared that's and this just hit me as you shared, you know, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And I just felt when I feel those feelings of anxiety and fear, I do feel them in my heart. Like I do. But then on the other hand, I was like, that's also where I feel like peace and and comfort. And so that idea, I don't know why that really stuck out to me that says, let not your heart be troubled or afraid. That helps me to shift gears a little bit to maybe help my heart feel peace and comfort in these challenging times. And mm-hmm. then it's so beautiful. You mentioned showing our children that we have faith and to not be afraid. So I'm just thinking like recently we talked about the brother of Jared and the barges. I really tried to focus on that there was so many things that they didn't know and it could be really scary. And we just really described these circumstances for them that they were isolated with their family and they were traveling somewhere where they'd never been and had to figure all these things out. And so it's amazing how the scriptures can really mirror our lives and teach us these lessons to have faith over fear. That's so true. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely such a blessing, such a continuous blessing in our lives. Mm -hmm. I was reading the other day something from President Hinckley, and he talked about reading the Book of Mormon every day and how it immunizes us. And Mm -hmm. reading something from President Hinckley right now, just using that specific word of (laughs) immunizing, I thought, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was sweet. It brought me comfort. Well, and I think you mentioned several different scriptures in your response as to, you know, how we can mm-hmm. handle fear. And I think having scriptures that we can turn to and post somewhere in our house or be repeating in our minds to give us comfort and encouragement, I think that's one very tangible way that we can actively replace fear. I'm wondering if there are any other suggestions you have of things that we can do to actively replace that fear with faith. Carly, I love it when you said that. I actually have a post-it note of <laughs> <with> scriptures <laughs> that I've kept here lately because it's from President Monson. And you've heard this before, fear not, be of good cheer. The future is as bright as your faith. And I've got that in Doctrine and Covenants section 98 because I love this. Waiting patiently on the Lord, for your prayers have entered into the ear of the Lord and are recorded with the seal and testament. The Lord hath sworn and decreed that they shall be granted. Those are powerful words. Therefore, he giveth this promise unto you with an immutable covenant, a covenant that they shall be fulfilled, and all things wherewith you have been afflicted shall work together for your good. And to my name's glory, saith the Lord. That is just powerful to me. It's a very powerful scripture. The words that he chose to use to reassure us and to bring us that comfort that I'm here. I just love that. Yes, the scriptures are such a blessing. We are so strengthened, blessed, protected 
through sacred writ. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So, Sister Jones, about a year and a half after you were called as primary president and just a few short weeks before you gave a general conference talk in October of 2017, your eldest son, Trevor, passed away after a battle with cancer. And we would love if you're willing to share and and can talk about what helped you make it through that difficult time and what you've learned since and what you would say to other women who are facing loss and, and tragedy in their lives. Interesting, that word loss. It was such an interesting experience to try to determine if I was experiencing grief. And I looked up the definition of grief and it referred to loss. And I thought, I'm so sad and I miss my son, but I cannot feel grief because I have not lost him. Hmm. And honestly, if I could tell you with all the sincerity of my heart, the weeks prior to his passing and the weeks after he left this earth are some of the most sacred weeks of my life. And when we talk of the power of the priesthood, I learned about the power of the priesthood during that time. And it was so remarkable to watch my son, because he was diagnosed three years before he actually passed through the veil, I watched him prepare his wife and his children and his parents and all of his family and friends, the way he talked about the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He just spoke of it practically, and this is what we know, this is what's happening, this is where I'm going, and everything's going to continue, and you're going to do the same things that you were already doing. And he said, we're not talking about a funeral, this is my graduation. (laughs) And he could talk to his children in a way that My little granddaughter, I remember one day we were over there and she came up to me and she said, Grandma, I'm so excited. Daddy's going to be the best guardian angel ever. And to see the way they responded to him leaving this earth, it's been a remarkable education for me, honestly. And the veil thinned at that time and it has never been the same since. Hmm. Because of Trevor, I realized that the work is happening across the veil, just like it is here. We are all involved in the same work, and some of us are on one side of the veil, and some of us are on the other side of the veil. But we're working unitedly for the same cause, the same purpose, and we follow our Savior, Jesus Christ, in all things. And so it's hard to say I'm grateful for that experience, but aren't we to be grateful in all things? And I am grateful for what I've learned, Mm -hmm. for what Heavenly Father taught me. He knew what we needed to learn from this experience, all of us. And it has been truly remarkable to experience a ministering angel from across the veil, blessing our family, blessing his wife and his beautiful five children. They're just happy. And he's still a part of our lives. He's He's not gone. He's still with us. Well, and I just think that's such a faith-filled, I mean, speaking of replacing fear with faith, that's what happens when our lives are full of faith as we gain those types of perspectives. And I can say it on this side, Carly. Yeah. Just so you know, I was praying constantly when we didn't know whether he was staying or going. And my prayers were, please, please, Heavenly Father, please don't take him. But at the end of every prayer, I knew I had to end with, but thy will be done. Because if there's anything I have learned and I know with all my heart, it's that his timing is perfect. He knows. 
He is all-knowing. His wisdom is far greater than mine. And someday, in fact, Trevor even said this, someday we'll be on the other side all together, and we're going to look back on this, and we're going to go, oh, that's why it happened this way. He said, we'll understand. We may not have a full understanding now, but we'll know someday. And until then, we trust. We trust Him, and isn't it just the sweetest blessing that we all have that opportunity, that ability to trust Him a little bit better every day. Mm -hmm. Every day we put our trust in Him, and He rewards us so beautifully, so generously. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing, I'm going to add one thing, and yes, a PS. Yes, no, please. When I look back on my life, I look at myself as your ages, and I think, if I could do anything differently, I would trust Him more. Hmm. He was there every step of the way. He's always been there through my long life, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just remarkable to me to realize it makes life easier when we just trust Him. Well, it's neat to hear you talk about how that time that your son was battling his cancer, that you look at that as such a blessing because he was able to prepare his family. Yes. And I just think that's such a neat perspective. And I have a friend who her husband, it was a different experience because he very suddenly passed. But that she is. shared with me that even like a few days before he passed, she said that he just turned to her and said, I love you so much and I don't have any regrets in our marriage. And that is just kind of sustaining her. And I'm just thinking, applying this aspect of trust that you're saying, you know, it's like we have such difficult, horrible, unfair, you know, things that have happened to us. And if we can go back to this trust in that we have in Heavenly Father and in His timing and in His plans, you know, maybe that's just a simple thing that we can kind of cling to. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, President Nelson said something about that, that there is no untimely passing. It's just if that person is not ready to meet God then that would be a great concern. But the Lord's timing is perfect. That's all I can mm -hmm. say. Yeah. And I love your emphasis on trust seems like such a an encouraging message. I think regardless of whether you're facing a serious trial or you're just kind of trying to piece your life together and figure Definitely. out what comes next. But is there anything else you would say encouraging those that maybe yearn to feel that peace but are still feeling a great loss or, oh, or yes. who are not quite feeling that yet. Oh, like how yes. How can they take maybe mm -hmm. small steps toward yeah. trust? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, thank you, actually. I'm so grateful that mm -hmm. you mentioned that because that's so important. We all go through these experiences in different ways. In fact, just the fact that we had three years to prepare, mm -hmm. that's very different from Something finding out sudden. that someone you mm -hmm. love just passed quickly and unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. But I would just say to be patient with yourself. Be patient if you're not feeling that peace as quickly as you think you should. It's not something that's wrong with you, and it's all part of the process. We each go through these experiences in different ways and for different purposes, but His love, His perfect love, is available to every one of us always. One thing that has blessed my life is when I'm feeling alone or I'm feeling like I'm not connecting, that somehow there's a ceiling between mm -hmm. me and, and Heavenly Father, I will pray in all of my prayers. I'll just say, Heavenly Father, please help me to feel Thy love. I need to feel Thy love right now. And it doesn't necessarily happen at that moment. It might be two weeks from then when I'm at the grocery store 
And suddenly I just feel this overwhelming feeling of peace and pure joy. And I just want to go hug somebody in the store. (laughs) And I realize I've really come to recognize that, that there is that sweet answer. He's reminding me, yes, Joy, I love you. And I know that's available to every one of us. I know it comes in unique ways, in unique times and places, but it's available to us. And I would just encourage any sweet, oh, my dear sisters, going through such challenging experiences, unique to our time in many ways, to just remember, just remember He's there. He goes before us. He's at our side. He's behind us. He's watching. He's always there. Even when we can't feel it, He's there. And He will guide. He will direct. He will bring comfort and peace. Oftentimes, it comes through other people. It may be through something a friend says or a family member or meeting a perfect stranger. In fact, believe it or not, I've gone into the library in times past, and I'll be looking for something in the library and come across another book and open it and thumb through the pages. (laughs) And um, amazingly, I'll find insights that it was as if He was speaking to me directly. And I just marvel, I marvel at how He can bring these sweet assurances, just little gentle hugs to us in such wonderful, simple ways, tender mercies. Mm And how important it is to be watching for those, right? I think it it goes both ways. And that's what happens when we pray and ask to feel His love and then are watching and recognizing the small but profound ways that He's reaching out to us. Yes. Expecting. That's Mm -hmm. that's exerting our faith. Yeah. Expecting. I like that. that. Well, we appreciate you sharing such personal things about your life and the perspective that you've gained through these experiences. And we'd love to switch gears and also talk about your experience as the primary general president. You serve on the Temple and Family History Executive Council and Temple Sites and Construction Committee, which Carly and I didn't necessarily know mm-hmm. existed. Yeah. So we <laughs> didn't know. Yeah. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. You were only the second general primary president to do so with other general authorities and senior church leaders. And we just love to hear if you can just share about your experience with this assignment. What is your role and what do you wish women in the church knew about the discussion and desires of the church leaders that are shared in those meetings? First of all, I would just say what a privilege it is. Sister Wixom served on the Temple and Family History Executive Council before I was called then I had the opportunity to serve, and then Sister Alberto was invited to come and be a part of that council as well. And we served with three apostles and the leaders of the temple department and the family history department. It's a unique council because we do bring two departments together. And of course, we know temple and family history works hand in hand, so of course that would be the case. But it has been a life-changing experience for me to serve in that council to talk all things temple and family history. And I would say the one word that describes my experience there best would be miracles, witnessing the miracles, the hand of the Lord. Again, His timing is perfect. The way that things happen when they happen in such miraculous ways. We witness miracles on such a regular basis. I'm so grateful for the friendship that I share with the members of that council. We laugh together and we cry together and we learn together. And it is so marvelous to be led by Elder Bednar and to witness, just to witness the changing, evolving, 
experiences that are occurring in the church today, particularly with temple and family history. It's remarkable watching how quickly the work is moving forward, how the Lord is preparing the way for His second coming. It's just so exciting to actually watch it taking place. And I've been given the opportunity to serve on the Temple Sites and Construction Committee, and that is where we report to the First Presidency. And we talk about sites for temples. We talk about the temple construction inside and out. We review everything regarding temples. And we talk about the groundbreakings, the dedications. And there's been a lot this oh, a yeah, lot of groundbreakings tons. this year. Amazing. I feel like every couple of weeks it's you know there's an and they just about kind it, yeah. of happen because yes. they they can't be very large or public gatherings yeah. right now, but they're yes. still happening. The work has not stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is moving forward in some truly wonderful ways. So that has been a real treasure to me. Mm-hmm. May I just say something that I never in my wildest dreams could have imagined I would experience in my life. And I say that simply because, as to all my dear sisters, anyone listening, just know that Heavenly Father has a work for you to do, and He will provide marvelous miracles, things that you would never, ever expect to have happen in your lives. Our only requirement is just to be willing to be open and just have a desire to serve. I think it's as simple as that. And we just never know what he will ask of us. I hope someday I get to work in the nursery again for my (laughs) calling because I'd love to be with those little children. (laughs) And the beauty of it is that it doesn't matter where we serve. It's just continually seeking to serve and to be led by him and how he would have us do that most effectively. And he's always very generous in helping us to know and guiding us as we just say, Heavenly Father, I'm willing. Mm-hmm. I'm willing. Please guide me. And along with this being willing to serve and, you know, have these different callings I mean, just contribute where we can, what advice or counsel would you have to women about speaking up if they're in these meetings where there's a counsel or in their callings? Yeah, what would you say to them about speaking up? And then, of course, why are their voices so needed? Wonderful question. And you're getting right to the heart here because I'm going to level. We're, we're all sisters here, right? <laughs> I, can, I can get personal and just tell you. I have been so shy my whole life. It has been, I am not kidding you, an obstacle for me. And, and I, we would never know. I know. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> it has not been easy for me. And still, there are times where I find it very challenging to speak up and to feel that I really have something of value to share. But there have also been those times when the Spirit is so strong and it's so obvious that I must share, that there is something that He would have me share. I was in a meeting, and this has been probably over a year ago, and I remember the conversation was among several of the brethren, and it was wonderful. Their insights were tremendous. But I kept feeling this need to mention family, that we were leaving out the family as we looked at this picture. And so I finally shared a few thoughts. And one of these brethren, this was in a, not in temple council, it was in a Mm -hmm. different meeting, but one of the brethren stopped and just said, Sister Jones, of course, family. We didn't even think about family. Well, I've been a wife and mother for, you know, 40 some odd years, 46 (laughs) years. And that's my field of expertise, if you want (laughs) to. That's what I'm comfortable with is raising my family. And so 
that comes pretty easily to mind Mm -hmm. because of my experiences. Well, isn't that interesting that when we're in a council setting, the need for balance, because we have a number of people all coming from different experiences, different backgrounds, to come together and be able to have a revelatory experience together because we're willing to open our mouths and share what we're feeling, that's exciting. And that's the power of councils. That's the power of men and women working unitedly together. And that gets me so excited. It really does. When Elder Bednar talked about changing the term meetings to revelatory experiences, oh, I support him wholeheartedly. I have seen it. I have experienced it. And I know the power that is unleashed when we all share, when we all participate and allow revelation to come in a fuller way than it could ever come with just one of us sharing Mm -hmm. our experience. And I really appreciate President Nelson's focus on receiving revelation and knowing how to receive revelation. And I think a lot of people get stuck on that and think it's more profound or more obvious than it is. But just as we're talking and you're saying in these meetings, it's just the thoughts that you have and the words that you're prompted to say. I mean, that's revelation. And so to have a prophet just so focused on when you're making an effort to do what God wants you to and to follow the promptings of the Spirit, it's just, you know, you're constantly receiving revelation in your different roles. And I love hearing about your experiences with that. Mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful for President Nelson encouraging us to increase our ability to receive personal revelation because I think it's changing all of us. I think it's helping us to keep that focus continually with us. We need and want the Holy Ghost to be our constant companion. I mean, that's what it comes down to, is receiving through the Holy Ghost whatever it is that we need to guide us through the next hour or the next day. And I'm so grateful for a prophet who reminds us continually to seek, how do we hear him? How do we hear him? That is powerful. Well, and I think of it so much, it it is a process. I don't know if it's his words or others who've also taught, but that it's like a lifelong effort. We're going to be learning and growing and receiving revelation our whole lives. So let's get to work and engage now and, you know, learning what we can and in growing in that. Yes. And just be patient with the process. Mm -hmm. Just enjoy the process, (laughs) you know, And, and we don't have to compare ourselves to each other. Because we're all unique and we all are learning differently. But the beautiful thing is that I think we came to earth with something innate in us that is always seeking, you know, inquiring minds. I really think there is something that continues to encourage us to keep feeling more, to keep hearing more, to keep learning more. I think the more that we seek to learn, the more we draw, the more we draw that to us. And and I, I love that. So, Sister Jones, I really loved this as we were preparing for this interview and we were looking at some of the messages you've given. In the April 2020 General Conference, you made a bit of a vulnerable admission that I think a lot of people can relate to. You said that as a woman, you hadn't realized earlier in your life that you had access through your covenants to the power of the priesthood. Like I said, I think a lot of women can relate to that and would maybe say the very same thing. And so we wanted to be sure to talk with you today, given that talk that you gave and the things that you taught there. And then also in your role in the primary, we know as we as women are learning more about the priesthood, as you've said, you've come to learn more and understand more, kind of the natural extension of that is that as parents and leaders, we're going to share that understanding with children. And with those in our family, with those that we lead in the primary or young women or young men's, 
And so we'd love to open this up for you to share, you know, maybe both what you are learning and understanding more about the priesthood and then what counsel you can give to parents and leaders in teaching and helping our rising generation understand better than we have as they grow and become parents and leaders themselves. Such a beautiful and important question. And honestly, I don't have any great answers other than my experience. And it's just what we've been talking about. It's this wonderful, gradual process. President Nelson, we know he loves effort. And as we continue to cling to our covenants, that is where priesthood power is released. It's available to us. And what I didn't realize was that priesthood power was functioning in my life all along. Mm-hmm. It was in family relationships. It was in friendships. It was through service. It was through my callings. I was experiencing the power of the priesthood. And for so long, I felt that that was all available to our men in our lives. And I just wasn't recognizing and expressing gratitude to Heavenly Father for that power being available to me. And that becomes available to our children. I mean, their first ordinance of baptism and confirmation of the Holy Ghost, receiving the Holy Ghost in their lives, priesthood power, power is coming in. It's beginning to be available to them. And then they prepare to go to the temple where they can receive a fullness of the Melchizedek priesthood in the house of the Lord. Now, that fullness isn't just granted to us. It's what we were just talking about. It's continually learning and growing and receiving insights and answers to our prayers. It's learning through experience. I think we learn faster than ever when we're serving. I just feel that if we look to the Savior in all things, if we use His example, what did He spend His earthly ministry doing? Ministering. He was serving. I know I've said this before someplace, but service makes my heart sing. There is just not a better feeling than serving and feeling that we're a conduit, that His love literally flows through us to someone else. That is the best. Mm-hmm. I love that. Children teach me so much because I witness them doing that so naturally. And there's nothing that I want more for every child on this earth than to recognize the beauty of serving the feeling that the Spirit brings to them as they serve. It's such a natural way to feel that beautiful Spirit, to feel Heavenly Father's love for Mm -hmm. them, to recognize their sons and daughters of God, that they're here and they have a purpose, that they can make a difference. Is there a more important time than now for our children to understand that, for us to teach them faith, repentance, baptism, the Holy Ghost, enduring happily, joyfully to the end. Mm -hmm. Well, we do that as we serve every day. We share His light and the power, the power of the priesthood that's available to us. And the more that we treasure those covenants that we make, I know we all miss the temple right now, but I believe that it's given us an opportunity to make our homes temples. I believe that I focus every day on what I've experienced in the temple. I didn't used to do that. Hmm. I used to cling to each week as I as the I went to the temple. Going. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And being in the temple. In not, the temple. Not how that experience influences yes. the rest of your life. Exactly. And it has been really a rewarding experience to reflect on my covenants, to reflect on walking through the door of the temple and what I do as I'm there in the temple, reflecting on the plan of salvation this glorious plan, Adam and Eve coming to earth 
and Heavenly Father teaching them what they needed to know in order to regain His presence. They learned of faith, repentance, baptism. They received baptism, the Holy Ghost. They endured. I think that as we teach our children, I guess simplifying the gospel, just teaching them these basic, wonderful doctrines, the principles that they can understand. Mm -hmm. Children understand doctrine. And they amaze me as I listen to them describe how they can feel the Spirit, how they want to, hey, I I want to follow Him just like everyone else. They've come prepared, and I don't think we need to be afraid of teaching them, preparing them at early ages for the temple. Get their eyes on the temple. Mm -hmm. Get their eyes on the temple and help them to realize that is where we receive that wonderful spiritual education and an increased power that comes through the priesthood. I love that you started by saying that as you recognized the priesthood power in your life, you saw that it had been a part of your life and flowing in your life all along. And I think as we come to understand that and look back and be able to identify the priesthood power in our lives, then we can help point that out to our children or to the children that we lead as they are being baptized and receiving the Holy Ghost and getting ready for the temple. And I love that there's been some recent changes to the preparation for children when they turn, and you'll know this better than us, but (laughs) when they turn 11 or 12 and are getting ready to go to the temple and for young men to receive the priesthood, that it's much more of a message to both the girls and the boys that it applies to them both. So maybe you could speak to that too and how that's happening at church, but also what parents can be doing at home to help, like you've said, point children to the temple and for them to see whether I'm a boy or whether I'm a girl. This all applies to me. It certainly does. And I'm so excited. I know it's only one event, the temple and priesthood preparation. Mm -hmm. It's one experience, but it's an effort to allow those children to recognize they're being there with their bishop and the primary presidency. Sometimes there are representatives from young men, young women, to have that opportunity together to hear the temple recommend questions, to talk about the priesthood. What is the priesthood? What is it for? What does it mean to have that understanding as girls and boys together Mm -hmm. and to recognize that, yes, the boys are preparing for ordination. They will be ordained deacons and they will have priesthood responsibilities but to help these little girls to understand the priesthood is alive in their lives, that they will be called as class presidency members. They will receive priesthood authority to function in those callings. Mm -hmm. It's so important to have those conversations in the home, though, prior to a temple and priesthood preparation. Just one event, one class. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if children are preparing for baptism and understanding that ordinance, understanding what it means to receive the Holy Ghost. That's why our little temple rings, we were so excited, choosing the right, preparing for baptism, and then once they're baptized, that they look to the temple Mm -hmm. and that everything they do is helping them to be worthy now and when they enter that temple for the very first time to recognize why is it so important? It's a beautiful building. Mm -hmm. Temples are beautiful. Oh, I'd love to go in and see what it's like inside. It's not the temple, it's what happens in the temple. And if we can help them to understand and long for that, just start longing for that at early ages so that the temple is always a love for them. Being in the temple, doing that amazing ordinance work for themselves and for those who can't do it for themselves 
it's a different world. It's exciting that we're talking about priesthood power, that we're coming to a greater understanding, mm -hmm. that we all participate, we all have access, that we work together as our Heavenly Father's daughters and sons. Doesn't it just make sense? Yeah. It's His power. Yep. He used this power to create this earth. That power is made available to us as His children because of His love for us. So now to have this increased conversation, I think, is so wonderful. And I think about parents talking in the home, coming home from the temple, sharing what they felt in the temple. Do you know how much love I felt when I was mm -hmm. in the temple? Just do you know how, what a wonderful experience it was in expressing their testimonies? We will have a sin-resistant generation. I think of these children and what they will be like when they grow, when they serve missions, when they are experiencing their temple ordinances, making covenants with their Heavenly Father, preparing to be husbands, wives, leaders in the church, so many roles that they will play in moving the work forward. But how thrilling it is to think of the preparation now, what that will mean and the difference that it will make. Mm -hmm. And part of that is being focused on this glorious power that our Heavenly Father is making available to us. Along with this conversation, I'm thinking of a specific word that you've used before about parenting and teaching, and it's intentional. You've said intentional parenting with a goal in mind, being deliberate and planned and purposeful. And you've also said simple but intentional daily acts of love and caring. It's just being intentional is probably what's going to make all the difference. And so I just love that you've shared that word. And so when we think of this gospel teaching in the home, we tend to think of a committed and involved mother and father just working together to teach their family the gospel. But this just isn't the case for so many women and so many mothers, especially in the church. And we'd love to hear just any counsel or words of encouragement that you have for women who really desire to be intentional in teaching the gospel, but perhaps don't have a spouse who is supportive or involved or for women who are just starting out on the gospel path or returning to the gospel path and they just feel overwhelmed. Or for any of us who just feel overwhelmed, <laughs> we would just love to hear any encouragement, yeah, encouragement. or counsel. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I think we should just abolish the word overwhelm <laughs> because we all know what it means. But maybe when we're feeling those feelings of overwhelm, that's when we turn most quickly to Heavenly Father and explain to Him what we're feeling. I can't do this alone. I have more on my plate than I can handle. I need help. And when we talk about intentional, I always worry that it brings guilt, that somehow that means everything has to be lined up and it has to be done a certain way, which is so far from the truth. Because intentional means we are intentional in seeking His guidance hmm. to help us to know what we need to do for our own family. I, I think that's that, yeah. so mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. that we recognize it's His direction. It's feeling His love. When I think of mothers who just have more on their plates than they're wearing all those hats, mm -hmm. I just want to say, just seek to feel His love and just share your love with your family. Yeah. Just love them. The Savior's love was the greatest gift that we have ever been given, and we can share His love. And even on days when we don't feel like we can even feel it, we're just tired and overwhelmed, mm -hmm. that we can lean on Him then and say, I don't have the strength right now, but I know that Thou canst provide that love so that I can go and put my arms around my children and just express my feelings of gratitude for them. And then we go forward in small, simple, natural ways. 
We don't have to do all the things. You know, we're inundated with so many fabulous ideas today. The yes. internet is mm -hmm. just a plethora of all these great things. Oh, I want to do them all. And what does that do? We it, don't do any of them. <laughs> it's, exactly. It shuts us down. When in fact, all we need to do is maybe get on our knees in the morning and say, Heavenly Father, just help me to think of one or two things that I could do today that would help me to feel closer to my children or closer to my husband or closer to someone I'm struggling with at the office so that we know we're being led by him. I just think that we perhaps need to simplify our expectations a little bit and just rely more on him. I love the children and youth program and the focus of that because I know some have felt, well, it came about right before the pandemic. It was just begun and mm -hmm. then it was shut down. When what if Heavenly Father presented it at that time because he knew we would be spending more time in our homes with our families and he was saying, mm -hmm. talk together. Talk about where you are. How would you like to progress together? Mm -hmm. How can you learn more about me together in your home? Those simple principles. It's not a checklist. Mm -hmm. We don't need checklists anymore. What we need is a channel between us and Heavenly Father. And President Nelson has made that so clear in inviting us. Mm -hmm. Just keep seeking to hear Him. And then be content that the revelation we receive may be different than what our neighbor is receiving or doing. And stop the comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is not our friend. And if we can just have enough faith to trust Him and know that He will speak to us, that He will guide us in small and simple ways, as well as our family, then we can be intentional in listening and heeding that guidance. We can act upon the promptings we receive. I don't think I'll ever think about the word intentional the same again. I love that idea that it's not because I think you're right. I think you think of intentional like there's so many things I need to make sure that I do. But if instead we think about I'm going to be really intentional in seeking to know how Heavenly Father wants to guide me and lead me. And like you said, I think that when we do that, we probably won't be led to a Pinterest idea <laughs> of how to have a come follow me discussion in our family. We'll probably be led to something really simple that's just going to work for us. And it mm -hmm. will look different from a different family or a different individual with different circumstances. And how wonderful and beautiful is that, that we can just make it be what works for us. And I also love what you said about love and there isn't anything that I think could be more impactful on a child or a family than just feeling the love of a parent and the love of our Father in Heaven through a parent. Imagine if our children, if all they learned from us was that we love Heavenly Father, we love Jesus Christ, that they love us, we are their sons and daughters. I mean, if we could get that message so deeply embedded in their hearts that they would never question, can you imagine what that would do throughout their entire lives? We are a little lacking in love in the world. We need more love. We need more of His light. And we can be vessels of light. And what better place to start than in our own homes with our own families? More love and less checklists, right? Yes. Yeah. That. I like that. <laughs> Sister Jones, to conclude, we'd love to ask if you have anything more that you would like to share with the women of the church um, to those listening to this podcast. A scripture actually came to mind as Great. we were just visiting. It's in Mormon, chapter 5. Know ye not that ye are in the hands of God. Know ye not that he hath all power. That is just such a sweet reassurance for us to remember. Know ye not that ye are in the hands of God. 
what a blessing if we could wake up every morning and instead of thinking of the checklist, which is, <laughs> comes so automatically, mm-hmm. yeah. if we could wake up and reflect on the plan of salvation, the plan of happiness, and recognize that we have a perfect brightness of hope because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow, eternal perspective kicks in so quickly, and it makes everything that we're doing look different. It, it looks mm-hmm. so different. It helps us to look at our children, our family members, perhaps more the way the Savior sees them. The more, as we look at friends and associates, if we could see them through His eyes, wouldn't that change everything? Just trusting and knowing how much, how perfect His love is. I just would say in closing just how grateful I am for every day that I can seek in this tiny, small little way to offer words and actions that would in some way glorify my Heavenly Father and my Savior. Now that sounds ridiculous because they're perfect, they're glorious, they're everything to me. If I could just see it that way, that I just want this to be a thank you to them, because everything that I do is made possible because of them. I have nothing really to offer, but the idea of just being able to feel their light and share that light with those around me gives such purpose to every day. And I'm so grateful. I love this life because I know its purpose and I know where we're going. I know which team is going to win. (laughs) (laughs) And I just look forward to the day when we reach the end of that covenant path and we return to our Savior's presence. And as our advocate, he brings us to our Father in heaven once again. What a glorious vision that is for all of us. Well, thank you so much, Sister Jones, for sharing with us these beautiful perspectives that you have and thoughts that you've gained through your personal experiences and through your service. We really appreciate your time being here with us today. Thank you. This has been so much fun. So thank grateful. You so much. Yes, it has. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sister Jones. We learned so much and just felt, I don't know, so much love and so much faith from you. So thank you so much. We love hearing from our listeners, and we really take your feedback to heart. So if you have a topic that you would love to hear addressed, or if there's a guest that you would love to hear from, feel free to contact us at podcast at churchofjesuschrist.org. And as with every episode, we'll be sure to include any references to you know resources or, or talks that we talked about today with Sister Jones in the description for the episode. And if you don't see that in the list of resources where you're listening, you can visit churchofjesuschrist.org, search for Latter-day Saint Women, and see the full description with those resources. Thanks again for listening. I'm Shailen Back. And I'm Carly Guyman. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.